0: How will the West Virginia Mountaineers do in the 2023 college football season? And will it be enough for Neil Brown to save his job in Morgantown? We're going to talk about that right after this word from our sponsor. Ladies and gentlemen, this episode is brought to you by Dutch Miller Automotive, where friends and family pricing means you get the best deal right up front on any new or pre-loved vehicle in stock every time. With brands like Chevrolet, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram, Kia, Hyundai, Ford, GMC, Buick, and Subaru, the Dutch Miller Automotive family is always growing and ready to put you in the car or truck you've been searching for. Check out our inventory across West Virginia at DutchMillerAuto.com or come in today to the home of Friends and Family Pricing only at a Dutch Miller Automotive store near you. What is up, college sports fans, Big 12 fans, fellow members of Mountaineer Nation, and welcome in to another edition of Kooza's Corner. Bell yourself on up to the bar and let me pour you out a shot of Top Shelf College football content on tap in today's episode. We are going to do our preseason game-by-game prediction for the West Virginia Mountaineers 2023 football season. Before we do that, though, I want to give a shout-out to some of my newest channel members here, some of my newest members of the Coosa's Corner VIP Club. These are pub-level members. They are Leo Cole, Mike Rayner, Timothy Hetrick Jr., and Travis Anderson would also like to give a shout-out to one of my newest club-level members, which is the 499 level, and that's Old Golden Blue. Thank you all for your continued support, and thank you for all of my channel members. If you want to become a member of this exclusive club, hit the join button right below, and there are perks that come along with being a member of the VIP club here at Cooz's Corner. Now, let's dig into the show. Week one, West Virginia travels to Penn State. They travel to Happy Valley to take on the Nittany Lions, a team who's picked to finish seventh in the preseason AP poll, and rightfully so. This team brings back 16 starters overall, eight each on offense and defense. So not only do they bring back six, 16 starters, they're balanced out, eight on each side of the ball, folks. That's a recipe for success right there. And not only are they experienced, they're extremely talented. They have several guys on this roster that will likely play on Sundays. This is These returners are coming back from a team, guys, remember, that finished 11-2 last year with a Rose Bowl win. This team was fairly young last year and still finished 11-2 and, and won the Rose Bowl. Now, Bruce Feldman over at The Athletic does a list every year of the top athletic freaks in college football. He ranks 100 players based on their athletic ability, and, you know, freaky things, freakish things they can do, whether it be in the weight room, on the track, whatever. Penn State had six guys on that list, six players from one team. And you might think, well, Coos, that's only 6%. But there's over 100 teams, there's over 130 teams just in FBS. That doesn't count all the other levels of college football. So for one team to have six players on that list is pretty remarkable. So, they're extremely, extremely gifted and talented up at Penn State. They have very few weaknesses. Matter of fact, Mountaineer Paul and I, I was a guest on Mountaineer Paul Talks Football. We had a guy from Penn State on to, to preview the game. I'm going to leave a link to that in my description box. I recommend you go watch it. It's about an hour long. So, you know, but you might, might want to listen to it. But nonetheless, uh, he, he had a lot of information about Penn State. Very, very in- informative. But they have very few weaknesses. Now, they do have some question marks at the wide receiver spot and they do have a retro at freshman quarterback in Drew Aller. Now Drew Aller is expected to be a phenomenal quarterback. Matter of fact, some people are even saying he might be a Heisman finalist this year. That's how good they expect him to be, but he is a retro at freshman. And if there is a chance for an upset, it would be week one against the at freshman. who's playing in front of that hundred thousand seat stadium the loud crowd. Yes, it's a home stadium, but you know, he'll probably have his adrenaline flowing. He may, overthrow some balls early in the game, West Virginia might have a chance to get some turnovers. And if they can do that and control the clock, they might have a chance of pulling off an upset. However, I think things would have to go almost perfect for West Virginia to win this game. When you look at, look at this these rosters on paper, I just don't think West Virginia has the talent to stack up with Penn State for four quarters. They might be able to keep it close early, but I think Penn State would eventually pull away in the end and get their, get their victory in Happy Valley. Game two, Duquesne Dukes. West Virginia's only FCS opponent travels to Morgantown for what's game one of a three-game homestand on September the 9th. It's family day in Morgantown. I think West Virginia pulls off the victory over Duquesne. Week three, this is the biggie, folks. The arch rival from up north, the Pitt Panthers, come to Morgantown on September the 16th in what I hope is a revenge game for the Mountaineers. Now, Pitt returns 12 starters from last year's 9-14, and 14, including three offensive linemen. They did lose Keaton Slovis to the transfer portal. He's now at BYU who's on this schedule later, but they went out and got Phil Dracovic, the quarterback from Boston College, who was really good at Boston College. And not only was he really good at Boston College, he had his most productive season under offensive coordinator Kurt Signetti, who, oh, by the way, just happens to also be the current offensive coordinator at Pitt. So that familiarity should bode well for Djokovic and the Pitt offense. However, this game is in Morgantown, and at night, We all know special things can happen inside Mountain Pushkar Stadium at night, and the Mountaineers will have revenge on their minds. It's a rivalry game. so I'm taking West Virginia in this one to defeat the Pitt Panthers and get revenge from last season's loss up in Pittsburgh. Now, the final game of this three-game homestand is the following week on my birthday, September the 23rd. The Texas Tech Red Raiders travel to Morgantown for the first Big 12 game of the season. Texas Tech is a dark horse by many to win the Big 12 this year. Neil Brown is 0-4 against Texas Tech. Can he finally get that monkey off his back and beat the Red Raiders? Well, I don't think so, and here's why. Number one, he's 0-4 against Texas Tech, and this will likely be the best Texas Tech team he's played yet. They finished 8-5 last year. They bring back 17 total starters from last year's team, folks, 17, including four offensive linemen with a total of 142 career starts between them. 142 career starts at the offensive line, and quarterback Tyler Shuck has starting experience as well. Now, Tyler Shuck has been injury-prone. Can he stay healthy? That's going to be a big key for this Red Raider team, but assuming he's healthy, and heck, to be honest, West Virginia's lost several games against Texas Tech with their third-string quarterback. So until Neil Brown can beat Texas Tech, I'm likely not going to pick him to beat him. Let's just be honest. Not only do they have 17 returning starters, Catch this, folks. This is a a stat that will blow your mind. Texas Tech has 15 super seniors on this team. That's right, super seniors. That's the guys who have played like six years of college football or five or six years of college football. They have 15 of those guys on this team. That's a perfect recipe for success, especially at that level. So I I just couldn't bring myself to pick West Virginia in this game, even though it's at home. I think the Red Raiders pull off the victory. The following week, West Virginia plays their first conference road game of the year by going to Dallas-Fort Worth to take on the TCU Horned Frogs, last year's college football playoff national runner-up on September the 30th. Now, TCU did lose a lot on the offensive side of the ball, namely quarterback Max Duggan, who was a Heisman finalist, and wide receiver Quentin Johnston, who was one of the top receivers in all the country. However, Chandler Morris is back. He's going to be the starter this year, and we all remember, Chandler Morse actually beat Max Duggan out last year for the starting job in fall camp. So it's not like he's a slouch. He's a good quarterback. He'll be back. But they did lose a lot of other pieces. On defense, though, the Horned Frogs returned seven starters, and according to Phil Steele, they are expected to have the best secondary in the Big 12 this year. Now, this is another one of those games I went back and forth on. I, I think TCU will take a step back this year because of what they lost offensively, and let's face it, last year, the ball bounced their way a lot as well. I'm not taking anything away from them, but the ball bounced their way a lot last year. And their offense was extremely good. And Max Duggan played out of his mind. I don't see him playing out of their mind this year, especially on offense. I think they take a minor step back. However, it's it. It's at TCU, and their defense will probably be as good, if not better, than last year. So because of that, I'm taking the, the Horn Frogs to win this one. It was a tough decision, and I originally had West Virginia winning the game, but I I just went with my gut here and went with TCU. I just don't feel good with West Virginia playing on the road, folks. I really don't. That is until this next game. (laughs) Thursday, October 12th, after a short bye week, West Virginia goes on the road to face Dana Horgerson and his Houston Cougars in what is the first of four games West Virginia plays against the four incoming Big 12 teams. I picked West Virginia to win this one, even though it's on the road, and I'll tell you why in a second. Now, Houston does return 12 starters from last year's team, which I think won what, eight or nine games, something like that. If Houston fans, if you're watching, leave it in the comments. Was it eight wins or nine wins? I don't remember. But they did go out and get and they did go out and get several guys out of the transfer portal with some experience at the power five level. They and a couple of those guys came from West Virginia. They have Tony Mathis, who was West Virginia's leading rusher last year in the backfield. They have Michael Laughlin, who was who's a redshirt or even super senior from West Virginia. Tight end. Now he's battled injuries throughout his career. Can he stay healthy? He's going to be a key there. And we can't forget Sam Brown, who's expected to be a really good receiver there in Houston, who played previously at West Virginia before and transferred prior to last season. So they do have some experience and some talent on that offensive side of the ball, even though they lost a lot of guys. But when you look at who they lost, they're big names. Clayton Toon, one of the best quarterbacks to ever lace them up for the Cougars. Tank Dell, star wide receiver. Both of those guys are now in the NFL. Those are huge losses. Donovan Smith is expected to take over the starting quarterback job there in Houston. He's a former Texas Tech quarterback. I'm just not confident he's going to be a great quarterback there at Houston. Houston, in my opinion, is going to struggle year one of the Big 12. They're not used to playing a Power 5 schedule. I don't think they'll have the depth to compete at the Power 5 level. I think Houston will be a you know one of the bottom teams in the league. I think they'll struggle. I think West Virginia gets a rare road win here over Dana Holgerson and his Cougars. That gets us halfway through the season. West Virginia sitting at 3-3 three and three right now. October 21st, after a, a long week, West Virginia goes back home to host the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Now, Oklahoma State will have revenge on their mind because West Virginia beat Oklahoma State last year in Stillwater to close out the season. Mike Gunny's team returns 13 starters from last year, including six offensive linemen with starting experience. However, they did lose a lot of pieces to the transfer portal. Now, they brought in a lot of guys, too. I'm just not sure if what they brought in is going to equal what they lost. We will see. The biggest loss to me was quarterback Spencer Sanders. Question marks running the quarterback position there in Stillwater. Also, they had a change at defensive coordinator. They brought in Brian Nardot. He's going to be changing schemes. They're going to be moving to a 3-3-5 from what was once a 4-2-5. Again, adjusting schemes, adjusting coaches. A lot of new faces on the team, new quarterback. I'm just not – the game's in Morgantown. Even though I like Mike Gundy as a coach, I think he's really good. I think Oklahoma State will still be a very competitive team in the conference. I just cannot pick West Virginia to lose this game. I think they pull it off in Morgantown over Mike Gundy's Cowboys. The following week, West Virginia travels to Orlando to take on the UCF Knights on October the 28th inside the bounce house, a game my wife and I are planning to attend. We've already purchased our tickets. I'm looking forward to this game. I'm going to tell you right off the bat, I picked West Virginia to lose this game. I know I know what you're thinking. But West Virginia, the Cous, they were in the American Conference last year. They didn't play a Power 5 schedule. They lost their last two games to Tulane and Duke. I get that. But they did finish with a 9-5 record. They do have 15 starters returning. They do have Gus Malzahn over there on the sidelines, who I really like. I mean, the guys played in the national championship game. If you had to pick between Neil Brown, or Gus Malzahn, and look, I'm, I'm not trying to bash Neil Brown, guys. Okay, but let's just look at their careers now. You've got Gus Malzahn, you've got Neil Brown. Who are you taking to win the game? Okay, I think they have an edge there. They return seven of their top eight defensive linemen, which I, so they should be really good up front on the defensive side of the ball. But the most important reason I'm picking West Virginia to lose this game, it's in Orlando, at the Bounce House a place where the Knights enjoy a 35-3 record the past six years. So they really lose inside the bounce house, guys. And considering WVU often struggles on the road, especially under Neil Brown, I just think UCF takes this one, and it doesn't hurt. I really like their quarterback, John Rice Plumley. If he can stay healthy, he's extremely, extremely dangerous, especially with his legs. So I'm picking the Knights to defeat West Virginia on October the 28th in Orlando. The following week, West Virginia plays their third of the four incoming new teams by hosting the BYU Cougars, who travel from Provo to take on the Mountaineers—a very long road trip for for the Cougars. This game will be on November the fourth. Now BYU, just like UCF, they do return 15 starters, which is good. However, they're breaking in a new quarterback with Keaton Slovis, who I saw play in person last year at, you know, with Pitt. He did not—he played pretty good in that game, but he. When you look at his numbers from last year, he did not play very well last year for Pitt. I think Keaton slowis is a little bit overrated as a quarterback. I don't think he'll be that good. Sorry, BYU fans, I don't. Um, they have to rebuild almost their entire offensive line. They did it through the transfer portal. And it's possible that th- this late in the season, that unit could be gelling and they could come together and play well. I'm just not confident they will. And just like Houston, I think BYU will need a year to adjust to playing a Power 5 schedule, week in, week out. And because this game's in Morgantown, I'm taking the Mountaineers, to pull off the victory over the BYU. Guru. Sorry, big 12 mafia, Nathan Bomber Brown, by the way, y'all go check out the big 12 mafia show. It does a really good job over there. The big 12 mafia and holy rival show. I should say they put, have a lot of really good content over there, especially if you like conference realignment and you want to learn more about the Holy war between Utah and BYU, which will now be a conference game. I'm Very excited about that. But anyway, sorry to my friend, Nathan, I had to, pick against your team. Anyway, the following week, November 11th, West Virginia travels to Norman to take on the Oklahoma Sooners. Yes, Oklahoma had their first losing season in, what, two decades last year under Brent Venables? I get that. West Virginia was able to beat Oklahoma at home last year. I get that. However, this is year two of Brent Venables, year two of his system, year two of the offensive scheme with Jeff Lebby. I see Oklahoma making big big improvements this year. They basically clean house. They have, like, over 50 new guys on this roster. and Normally, I don't think that would be a good thing. But in Oklahoma's case, I think they were able to go get guys who fit what they do better. And let's just face it, Oklahoma's Oklahoma. They're going to have a lot of four- and five-star recruits. They're going to be extremely talented. You're two of a new system. You're two of a new scheme. I like Dylan Gabriel at quarterback. I think he has the potential to be one of the best quarterbacks in the country. I like Jeff Levy's offense. Brent Venable's one of the best defensive minds in the country. I think he's got his defense playing better in year two. So I've got to take the Sooners here. Uh, And and also, you know, let's face it, they'll have revenge on their minds after West Virginia beat them last year in Morgantown. So I've got to take the Sooners. Game 11, West Virginia's final game against the New Four as they host the Cincinnati Bearcats on what will be senior day in Morgantown on November the 18th. Cincinnati only returns nine starters from last year's team, folks. That's right, nine single digits, that's not many. Plus, they have a new coaching staff, and I'll be honest, I'm not real high on the hire of Satterfield as the coach. Uh, I thought that was a questionable hire. His, his record as a coach doesn't blow me away. He couldn't have proven me wrong. But when you take all that into, into, into account, the fact that it's their first year in a Power 5 conference, they're not accustomed to playing a Power 5 schedule week in, week out, they have a new coaching staff, only nine players returning from last year's team and the fact it's on the road in Morgantown. To me, that just doesn't bode well for Cincinnati. I think West Virginia pulls this one out now. And Cincinnati fans, I'm going to be honest, you're not going to like me for this. But I'm ready for it, so bring it on. But I think Cincinnati will be the worst team in the Big 12 in 2023. I think they're going to struggle. It's going to take them a couple of years to adjust to this Power 5 schedule. Uh, I do think they will get there, and I think they will be a competitive team because I think the administration – will put resources and continue to put resources into the football program. And I think they do things the right way there at Cincinnati. So I do think they will be a competitive team in the Big 12 Conference in the future. I just don't think it'll be in 2023 because there's going to be a lot of growing pain. So West Virginia wins this game in Morgantown. Finally, West Virginia closes the season by going on the road to Waco to play the Baylor Bears. Baylor has very, and this game's on November 25th, by the way. Baylor has very little experience returning in the secondary this year and only one starter returning up front. So that typically doesn't bode well. However, I was not that quick to pick West Virginia to win because I like quarterback Blake Chapin for the Bears. He played in Morgantown last year, started that game. We remember West Virginia beat Baylor last year in Morgantown, but Blake Chapin got injured in that game late. And I think if he hadn't got injured and left the game, I don't think West Virginia wins the game. I really don't. I think Baylor pulls that game out. Had Blake Chapin not gotten injured. I really like Chapin. He can throw the ball around the yard really well. Also, they have one of the top running backs in the league, in Richard Reese, who's coming back after a superb freshman season where he rushed for just under 1,000 yards, and averaged 4.9 yards per carry, and scored 14 touchdowns. He might be the best back in the Big 12 this year. I think C.J. Donaldson from West Virginia might have an argument as well, but I'm biased. But nonetheless, Richard Reese is really good. He's dangerous. Blake Chapin's dangerous. I went back and forth on this game. It may have been the hardest one to pick of all of them, to be honest. With it being on the road, I almost picked the Bears to win because I just don't trust West Virginia on the road. However, Neil Brown typically finishes the season strong. He did it last year. He's done it the year before. He's done it almost every year he's been at Morgantown, to be honest. Because of that and all the question marks around this Baylor team, I took the Mountaineers here, and I think they finished the season 7-5, and and with a winning record, a guaranteed have a winning record. Even if they lose the bowl, they have a winning record. They have a guaranteed winning record for the first time under Neil Brown in a non-pandemic shortened season. Yes, they had a winning record in 2020, but they only played 10 games that year, including the bowl game. So I think they win seven in the regular season, finish with seven and five. So to recap, WU defeats Duquesne, Pitt, Houston, Oklahoma State, BYU, Cincinnati, and Baylor. And will lose to Penn State, Texas Tech, TCU, UCF, and Oklahoma. They finish with a home record of 5-1 and and a road record of 2-4. So there you have it, folks. That's my season prediction for West Virginia. I want to hear your season prediction. What do you think West Virginia's record will be after the 2023 season finishes up? Let me know in the comments. Also, will that be enough for Neil Brown to keep his job I personally think it will, but I think if he wins seven games and has a winning record, even with a bowl loss, I don't think West Virginia fires him because West Virginia's not known to fire coaches, especially when they owe him what twelve. They owe him what twelve or thirteen million after the season. That's a lot of money. And let's look at look at it this way: If West Virginia wins seven games, and has a winning record, when you look at the youth on this roster, West 2024 has a chance to be a special season for West Virginia, in my opinion. They'll have Nico Marchio. Garrett Green might even be back. They'll have Nico Marchio They'll have uh, Jacoby Spells, C.J. Donaldson. Uh, Jalen Anderson will be back. They'll have Rodney Gallagher, Traylon Ray, two four-star receivers that are on this team that are true freshmen right now. Tomas Remack will be back up front. Wyatt Milam could potentially be back in 24. Zach Fraser could potentially be back. I don't think he will. I think he'll go to the draft. But my point is, there'll be a lot of good young players. Aubrey Burks is, is another one. A lot of good young players that either will or have a chance to come back in 24, what could be a special season. So if, I think if West Virginia wins seven games, Ren Becker will look at that and say, okay, we won seven. We improved from, from a year ago. We have a lot of young talent. We have a four-star quarterback. We have two four-star receivers. We have a pretty good recruiting class coming in. Let's see what we can do in 24. That's That's my opinion. I think that's what will happen if this plays out the way I think it will play out. Let me know in the comment section what you think. Also, guys, if you want to support me here on the channel, obviously you see the names scrolling below. Those are the names of my channel members, the members of the VIP club here at Cooz's Corner. There's the pub level, which is $2.99 a month, and the club level, which is $4.99 a month. Both come with perks. Obviously, the club level has a couple extra perks in it. It's an easy way to support my show here. If you like what I'm doing here, it's an easy way to support me. It might be easier than maybe doing a Super Chat or something else. Also. If you want to, if you do want to make a one-time donation, want to tip your server, hit the heart with a dollar sign in it. The one-time donation, you can also leave a comment with it. You can check out my merch store. You can check out the Fanatics link to do your Fanatics shopping. All of that helps out my channel. If you want to help me free, there's also ways you can do that. You can hit the thumbs up button, which is a like. You can hit the thumbs down button, which is a dislike, obviously. You can share it out with your family and friends. The comments help, and also subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so. I'm on my way to 10,000 subs. I'd really like to get there by the end of the calendar year. Probably not going to get there because that's a really, really tough, tough task, but maybe with your help I can. So let's let's do it, folks. With that being said, I really appreciate your support. I really appreciate you tuning into this episode. And until the next one, Q Country Roads.